This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Reckless speculation. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Now launching. Sequence start. Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Beyond the toxic relationship that he's had uh, that's devolved with Carl Anthony Towns. That's a part of it. There's an overall uh, sense of dysfunction around this organization that Jimmy Butler feels. Everybody in that locker room, outside that locker room in Minnesota, understands the disconnect between Tom Thibodeau and ownership, the fact that ownership has seriously considered making changes in that management structure. And with Tom Thibodeau, there's a tremendous amount of pressure on that organization this season, on Tom Thibodeau, uh, and there's an environment that Butler doesn't want to go forward being a part of. I, I like the teams that he highlighted because he's not jumping on any bandwagon. He put out two teams that have never won an NBA championship in the Clippers and Nets, and also the Knicks who haven't won one since 1973. So he's exercising something I call pre-agency. Chris Paul did this, Kyrie did this, Paul George did this, Kawhi Leonard also did this, where they're going to take their situation into their own hands before they actually become a free agent. The 2019 class is stacked. He wants to be positioned to be a guy that now recruits people to come play with him in one of those destinations and create another storyline throughout the NBA. Day two of Wolves dysfunction very much continues. Um, <laughs> Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Judd, Manny Hill, Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune Sports columnist, StarTribune.com for hour one. I would say where do we start, but I have actually think I've got a starting place, yeah. gentlemen. Okay. Um, this is something I found uh, just before we came on the air. Sean Devaney, Sporting News uh, NBA writer, who I would say, Chip, is pretty plugged in. Fair, mm-hmm. fair enough? Yes, very so. Okay. So, so the talk for the last, now, 24 hours has been the list of teams Butler would like to be traded to. And one thing that's been brought up by a couple of sources is that Tibbs is adamant about not trading a guy who's demanding a trade and who, from what we can tell, is despised by some of the key young players in the Wolves organization. According to Devaney, and I'll just read this, Tibbs has zero interest in taking a step back with the Wolves, even according to sources, if it means he ultimately parts ways with the team. Quote, no one expects time to coach a 25-win or even a 35-win team, one front office executive told the Sporting News. Even if he has to agree to dissolve the contract, meaning his, they do that before they go and trade Butler for draft picks. So this does, gentlemen, start to answer the question of, 
if Tibbs goes to Glenn Taylor and says, under no circumstance am I trading Jimmy Butler, I thought that Glenn would have to say you're fired. Well, there's a chance that Tibbs will say, let's work on a buyout for me. It wouldn't surprise me. And at this point, I guess nothing would surprise me. But you go back to Tibbs' first year when they were the young Timber Pups mm-hmm. and were awful. And he looked at that for one year and said, no more. I'm, I'm not going down this path. I am totally ripping up the plan. We're, we're doing it my way. We're going old. And what do you do? Made a major trade. Got rid of Rubio. Brought in all these old guys. Brought in his guys he uh, had allegiances from the Bulls. And so if, if Butler's not going to be part of that plan and he has to go back to being young, and do, I, I could see Tibbs saying, this is not for me. This is not what I had in mind. But it's interesting, Chip, because, I mean, and, and you're right. Like, it, he was clearly impatient and he didn't want to you know, he got through one year of the Levine mm-hmm. Wiggins Towns trio and was like, I don't want any more of this. We need to start winning now. But it's interesting that he took that angle after one year because he had a five year contract. Yeah. So it's not like it it's not like it was Tibbs, you need to win. We need to be in the Western Conference Finals like right yeah. away. I think but it, he took that he took that turn. Manny, I think more than anything, it's just personality and yeah. he's not used to losing. And there's a certain expectation that he has, and I just think he's impatient. That's just his personality. And he probably looked at this and said, we need to jumpstart this. I can't go through watching a bunch of young guys not play defense. I need to get veterans in here that know me, know my system, know how I want to uh, how I want to play. And so this is uh, – you know, it's funny. You remember last year when there was a report at the end of the year – I forgot who quoted Glenn Taylor – Something was the question was what would happen if they had lost that Denver game and he said well I'm just glad we didn't yes mm-hmm. and so you're like hmm because then we was it, he said yeah. something like we would have had to have some conversations or and so that opened the door people were like wow I wonder if he would have fired him because there was all that Doogie said discussion they, going on Doogie told us and he talks to Glenn a lot he said he has said on numerous occasions that Tibbs would not have been fired but there would have been a change in the power structure if they had lost that game and so and and, and you had talked to people over there. And when all this is, oh, they got to fire Tibbs. They got to fire Tibbs. And people internally would say at the Wolves would say, I hope you know that if you fire Tibbs, Butler's out of here. Well, now it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Butler's out of here, maybe uh, Tibbs is going to have one foot out the door too. So my question comes down to, to this then. Who is going to trade Butler? Because somebody has to. Yeah, you can't. And you know. and this does and not... If Tibbs isn't going to do it, you're going to have to find somebody It's funny, I was joking. Will. I said somebody like... <laughs> Tibbs trading Butler would be like me giving my sophomore up for adoption. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how much he loves the guy. It might be more painful for Tibbs than you, to be honest with you. But the, de- but the deal with the Butler trade request is not, it's not that you would spite him and try not to trade him. It's that as far as we can tell, there are numerous reports out there. There is a lot of scuttlebutt out there. It seems uh, to be legit mm-hmm. that... Carl Anthony Towns and Butler can't coexist. Mm-hmm. And if they can't coexist, if you're Glenn, you've got to go to Tom and say, I don't care how much you love Jimmy Butler. We need, we can't have October 15th come and go. And Carl Anthony Towns, I believe, becoming the first player in the history of this league with its current contract setup, not signed that max deal. He's sending a message. Right. But, is, but, clearly. But right? you've got but you've got to adhere to that. Yes. You don't have a choice here. No. So so this is not about 
let's spite Butler, let's not spite Butler, let's play games with Jimmy, let's try and convince him that he's loved. This is not about that. This is about saving the one person that you can potentially save. And if Butler and Tibbs both have to go because of that, then you save Towns even then. So they have their media day Monday, which is going to be epic. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never I been this excited <laughs> I since I had Christmas in 1977. See, I don't think... If the, if a trade doesn't happen before then, I don't think Butler shows up, and I don't think you could. I mean, there might be a throwdown in the locker room between him and Wiggins, right? I mean, I don't think or Towns or Towns. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you can start the season with him here, and he may not want to show up, right? He may just say, "I'm not coming." You guys, I don't figure. think he's going to show up. I don't think he will. I don't think he can, right? You know what? I he's mean, so, he could. He's so defiant. I I can't call that one. I agree with what you're saying. Boy, I don't think be. he will, but it wouldn't. I, I'll put it to you this way: I don't think he will show up. But if he does, it would not shock me in the least bit. I guess nothing will shock me, but I just I would be surprised if if I think something's going to happen before then. And obviously, the timing of this, uh, you have little levers now because teams know you're under the gun, and you, teams are saying, "Well, there's no way Butler can show up with all the dynamics that they got going on." And so let's offer them as little as possible and, and hope they get desperate and just take something because they know it's going to be a toxic environment if if they don't get something done before camp starts. Um, but you, you know, the other side is maybe some teams are saying, you know, let's go on in. This is let's let's create our own little super team, so to speak, and and start with him. And you know, I don't if any of those three teams have a lot of cat, you know, cap space where they can make a big splash next year. Yep. Well, the Clippers are going to have two. The Clippers are going. They set themselves up rather nicely to go and get two max players next summer. Mm-hmm. And the ESPN so, report last night was that Jimmy's list goes one Clippers, two Knicks, three Nets, mm-hmm. and that he has supposedly either been in contact or, or there's been some underground contact with um, with Leonard yeah. so that it would be the max contract guys going to the Clippers. And But by the way, conveniently, he lives Jimmy there. has a place in yeah. Los Angeles, but very mm-hmm. conveniently, it would be then Jimmy and Kawhi to the Clippers. Yeah, I mean it's you know if you're you know you're Toronto, you're sitting there thinking, what do we do with you know Kawhi now? I mean you're, but you know you're, what? you're hoping think... that you know I understand it from the team's perspective, and it's probably short sighted where you're thinking. Maybe if we're winning and there's a good culture and environment, they'll mm-hmm. reconsider. But boy, that's a dangerous game to play. But, but I think Toronto, I think Toronto knew that going in when they when they made that trade for Kawhi. I think they they figured, okay, this is going to go one of two ways. We're going to do really well. We're going to go to the NBA Finals, and Kawhi's going to be like, hey, this isn't so bad. I'll stay here, and they'll mm-hmm. resign him. Or, you know, Masai Ujiri, the, the the general manager out there, he said, okay, well, if Kawhi leaves, then we can just do sort of a soft reset and yeah. do a rebuild because they've got a lot of young young players, too, that are sitting there that are kind of role players now that they're very high on. But, yeah, it, to, to go back to the Wolves situation, it's going to be fascinating to see how Tibbs, knowing um, just kind of his affection and, and this bond he has with, with Butler, how he handles it, does he... Because the one report, I think it was Woj that said he has no intentions to trade him. Well, that I don't think that's an option. It's not. An there's multiple. There's multiple reports that he was well, and that, that's where this sporting report comes in, Chipper. Though in saying that this is the first quote I've seen saying that Tibbs might be willing to walk away from his job. Which, if that's the case, do it today. Like, like, let's yeah. just get. Let's well, you have to have a conversation it. with him. And and but if what, he does, if he doesn't want to do this, then just say, Tom, that's fine. Because if Tibbs figures that he's 
if Tibbs figures, well, I'll trade Jimmy, and then we're not going to be that good, and we're going to miss the playoffs, and I'm going to be fired anyway. So yeah, what is so for Tibbs now. personally? Yeah, yeah, for Tibbs personally, what's what is the incentive of yeah. him if he knows he's going to be fired anyway? What's what's the incentive of him trading Jimmy anyway? Yeah, you could create some kind of uh, you know buyout or whatever, and just mm-hmm. say it's going to be a mutual parting of ways here. But I, it, it, I'm guessing, boy, there's some panic down there on First Avenue trying to figure out how they're going to get out of this. And I think, you know, I think this is the point in time where Glenn's going to have to come out and say something. I don't think your ownership can say nothing right now. He has to say something. Because we all, I think, rightfully so, lack faith in Tibbs right now Mm because he loves this guy. And he got the, I mean, this was his guy. I've never seen Tibbs giddy except for uh, June 22nd, 2017, the night that he got Jimmy. I got one more question. And this is something that happened last night, and I I don't get where it came from, but in the midst of of all this stuff, I guess it's par for the course. Where did Steven Jackson trolling (laughs) Andrew Wiggins and saying, you've got no heart and your brother shouldn't have sent out that note to Jimmy. Where does Steven Jackson, sort of a journeyman, correct, during his NBA career and now a broadcaster, where does he fit into all of this? And how do we end up with a night of Steven Jackson (laughs) chastising Andrew Wiggins? And Andrew Wiggins calling him, Calling him back on on uh, on Instagram, calling him a bum, and you aren't any good. Really? And, yes, he said. You know, he said, "SJ, old dude, stay hating like he was anything special." Andrew said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then his brother, and then and then Wiggins's brother, who tweeted what Hallelujah after the Butler trade request became mm-hmm. public, he got involved and started. I just don't understand. And then Jim, did you see what Jimmy did too? No, nope. yeah, the Hallelujah. Jim, yeah, Jimmy yeah. did the. He did like a. He's with his buddies and he ran like a wide receiver route or something, caught the ball, and then looked into the camera and said, hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, it's just the... the this the, is like... Uh, the subliminal stuff is just off the charts. What is the uh, the guys. old soap opera Days of Lives where you have the, the hourglass and... You that's know, exactly like the, what I thought of. Yeah. That's, that's exactly yes. what Timberwolves dysfunction. <laughs> do, yeah. do, like do, sands do, through the hourglass. Do, do, do. Will Jimmy Butler be around tomorrow? Will it Tom Thibodeau be able to let Day go two. of Jimmy? Yeah. This absolutely is has become a soap opera. Are mm-hmm. we, are we buying... What Towns tried to shoot down, which is the multiple reports, rumors that we saw also in the past 24 hours, that this involves at least partially Jimmy stealing Towns' girlfriend and that causing the um, the dissolvement of the relationship between Towns and said girlfriend. This is where the, yeah, the this is where it's off, off the, the charts. Ra- yeah, this is where it's off the ra- I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I wouldn't put anything past anything, but... There's a lot going on during the season that just yeah. basketball-wise that you could there's tell clearly, this, this was not going to work with this, this is, group. This, there was clearly fire to this smoke that we were seeing. Yeah. Yeah. More Woj on Butler. Tom Thibodeau understands this. He's not going to get value for Jimmy Butler in a trade right now. He's not going to get back a package that helps him win this year and get back into the playoffs for a second straight season after they missed it for 13 years. That right now, I think he feels if there's a deal out there that he makes, the team will be will be lessened, uh, and he'll get fired anyway at the end of the year because um, you know you're trading an All NBA player. Um, they're going to resist this trade request, I think, for the foreseeable future. And the question becomes this: Let's discuss this when we come back. Is Jimmy Butler worth it at this point? Because the man is a superstar, or he's an all-star talent, but is he worth it? Because he has certainly proven himself in Chicago and now here to be a pain in the ass. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokely. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd. 
1500 ESPN. Quick check on your traffic brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. Uh, 494 westbound. We have a delay due to a crash uh, between the Minnesota River Bridge and the end of 494 near Mendota. So look out for a crash there if you're traveling 494 westbound. Judd? No surprise to me. Um, Jimmy Butler wasn't happening last season. Uh, he was somebody that was expressing that to some degree, uh, even during the playoffs against Houston when they got bounced out in five games. Uh, let's just call it what it is. Uh, he, uh, he has a real problem with Andrew Wiggins. Uh, a lot of people in the league look at his talent or what have you, but they question his heart. I'm just telling you how it is. And in the case of Carl Anthony Jackson Towns, this is does. a big-time player, uh, capable of building up big-time numbers. Uh, but folks like Jimmy Butler and others, whether it's true or not, they believe that uh, he's too concerned with his numbers. They're not saying that he doesn't care about winning. They're not saying that he doesn't care about success. But he certainly pays attention to those numbers. Somebody like Jimmy Butler, who came up this league and became a star in this league the hard way, uh, that has a lot of heart. If nothing else, nobody ever is going to question his toughness or his heart. The personalities that exist inside that locker room don't vibe with his personality. Stephen A. Smith uh, from this morning, gentlemen, on ESPN talking about the Butler situation and the request for a trade. I'm going to read you something here uh, that I found from an NBA reporter, Sam Amico, who I believe has his own website now. Just a couple of paragraphs, but it's, it paints an interesting picture uh, of where things stand with Jimmy Butler in particular. Butler is reportedly looking for a trade, but at least one opposing GM would take a pass if the if the Wolves called him. Quote from the opposing GM who is not uh, named, I wouldn't trade for him. Someone will eventually, but he's a problem. <laughs> for, for Gentlemen, for as good as Jimmy Butler is, where do we stand? Because, you know, the four years with Tibbs, they were seemingly in lockstep, and we had the whole, you know, win, Jimmy, win, and, yeah. and, and, and they did so. But... Jimmy started to sort of show who he was in the last year in Chicago with Hoiberg and that young team. And we figured, well, once he gets traded back with Tibbs, it's going to be fine. Well, it's not now. Where do you guys stand on, okay, he's an all-star player. He doesn't play a full season because he ordinarily breaks down a bit. But versus the baggage that he seems to bring to franchises to which he goes. Yeah, I'm sort of torn on him. But if you go back to that press conference at the, uh, or the pep rally at the uh, mall, Remember the whole backstory uh, to him giving out his phone number is because somebody was questioning his leadership, correct? Yeah. And he said, "If you have a if you have an issue, here's my number." You know, it's kind of a gag, and he you know he set up he's going to give out his number, but yeah. that was the whole story. And physically, I understand people having concerns because he you know he he plays so hard and so much that and he's at an age where you might see more of these injuries uh, come up. So the thing that he's going to play. 80 games is probably not realistic. But when you see him at his best, he's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, defensively, offensively, he's a winner. Takes important shots. Now he dribbles off the shot clock, but, you know. But the, but when you go back to leadership, and I understand there's a fine line between trying to light a fire under Andrew Wiggins and, and Carlton Towns than just constantly calling him out, calling him out. And at some point, you know, you have to question your leadership skills, too, if it's just bullying him or uh you know calling him out all the time and it's almost like it was tibbs and his way and these other guys and we know what we're doing they don't know what they're doing you know i'll try to will us to the the playoffs no i mean you have to i'm not sure he's the greatest leader in terms of um galvanizing the locker room he's good about pushing buttons we've seen that he's good about trying to light fires under guys he doesn't think's 
holding up their end of the bargain. And it's and that's where I'm torn because it's hard to knock him when you watch him play and then watch Wiggins play. One guy mm-hmm. gives everything. The other guy looks like he's coasting and could care less. And so what side do I fall on there? Well, I'm always going to side on Butler's on that one because you can tell he gives a damn about what's going on. And so maybe it was just a bad marriage that was not going to work with the personalities in that locker room. He is a yeah. very abrasive, edgy, aggressive, strong-willed personality and the other guys are not, and they just did not relate to his personality, and it didn't work. I think, um, and Judd, you'll remember I brought this up earlier when I was earlier in the summer. Um, sometimes I think you have to look at a player, and it doesn't mean that they're a bad person or that they're even like a bad teammate or anything like that, but if if something starts to repeat itself, you have to start wondering if it's that person instead of, just the situation that he might be dealing with. And I brought up Dwight Howard as an example. Now, Dwight Howard has a much different personality from Jimmy Butler. It's a totally different personality. But how many different teams has Dwight Howard played for now in the last five, <laughs> six years? And every year we always hear the same thing from him, that he's not involved in the offense enough, and it's just, you know, I need to be more of a focal point. And then the next thing you know, he's hightailing it off to another team because that team doesn't want to put up with his crap anymore. And I'm not suggesting that Jimmy Butler is like a cancer, but when you have what happened in Chicago and how that whole thing ended, and then now you have this, to your point, Chip, now you just have to wonder, like, is it him? Is it his personality that is just not... That like he what? he strikes me as a guy that needs to be like I think he could go to the Lakers and be fine, and things could work out fine there because LeBron, I mean Jimmy can be Jimmy, yeah, and LeBron that's that's LeBron's locker room. I I think he's good for certain type personalities, yeah. guys who play a certain way. Yeah, Taj Gibson loves him, right? Yeah. But if there's a different, if a guy's not. Not everybody's built or wired the same way. And unfortunately, yeah. that's, you know, with Wiggins, it's just sometimes you wonder if he even cares. But <laughs> I don't think I don't think Butler has time for guys that are not cut from the same cloth that he is in terms mm-hmm. of this is how you approach everything. You've got to have this type of mentality, this personality. And so I'm not, that's where I'm saying I'm not sure he's great at connecting everybody in a right. locker room. Precisely. And yeah. I am honestly, in this conversation, not worried about Andrew one bit. I almost don't care. Yeah, but that's a lot of money you owe him, Judd, to not care. I get that. But what I'm saying is my primary focus today is Cat. Cat's the guy I'm concerned about. Cat's the guy that yes. I want to build my franchise around. I get... But, I, you've already, but Judd, you've already said you're building around Wiggins with that contract, and you're not going to be able to trade Well, you're going to max out Cat. Well, yeah, that's true. And, but I just... There, there's nothing... Okay, but that's a mistake because Andrew went to the owner and looked him in the eye and said, I'll be as good as you want me to be, and then he gave him the contract. The Wiggins contract is what it is, but, unfortunately. But... If but if Jimmy Butler wanted to walk in that locker room and fight Andrew tomorrow, I don't care. That's no, fine. Yeah. But I need Cat. Mm-hmm. I can't tick off Cat. Well, he's your best player, right? Because he's, if he leaves, he's and my future. Out, and Jimmy's already on his way out. You're then you just boarded up. Listen, yeah. listen. <laughs> I mean, this is this is once you are again blowing up the entire thing at that point. This is once again a sinking ship, and we got one life raft, and I know exactly who it's going to. And if everybody else drowns, I don't really. That's that's. I'm sorry, you you drown. But mm-hmm. the only the the one life raft goes to cat. That's it. 
Yeah, and you you have to. He has to be your cornerstone going forward. But as you see in the NBA, it can't just be one life raft. I mean, yeah. you got to have. I think Jimmy Butler. You got to have more than one star. I think Jimmy Butler. I think we now have found out exactly who he is and what he does. I think Jimmy Butler could be very successful on a veteran team mm-hmm. where he where he is the one one A guy. Yeah. So he's not the Lakers. So, the Lakers, right? Yeah. But yeah. but I, I think that's it. I think if you put Jimmy Butler on any other type of team, young players, not or or if he's your superstar player, I think he becomes a divisive influence in that in the locker room who you really can't afford but, because as good as he might be, he's also going to cause you problems. And that's the, but that's the whole problem is, you know, you were looking at it like you're adding him with two stars. I know, and it you know obviously Wiggins hasn't shown that. I think Towns to a certain extent has. I mean, he's shown he's one of the top whatever number you would put on it players in the NBA, but it just, the chemistry part of it just yeah. did not fit. It, had, the, it and, didn't work. And the fact that the head coach didn't help matters at no, all by no. trying to build that chemistry and, and get guys to galvanize. Because that that was my biggest problem all, all offseason, Chip, was that yeah. you've got this internal schism, divide, whatever you want to call it, in in the locker room, and the head coach slash president of basketball operations, I don't even think has the temperament to be able to bring guys together if there is an issue. Yeah. Steve Kerr has the ability to do that. Phil Jackson somehow, some way, when Shaq and Kobe weren't getting along, mm-hmm. found a way with his Zen stuff. Whatever. Brad Stevens right now. Brad Stevens, yes. Well, in some ways, that's where he entrusted Jimmy to try to take care of that, and, it, and it backfired. Yeah. How much should we, because... All of our, I think, most of our first impressions of this trade were, oh, this is awesome. 100%. Jimmy Butler. So I, mm-hmm. I never sat there. And, in retrospect, how much should we go back and look, though, and say the only guy who could have who could have sort of foreseen this was Tibbs because he coached Butler? Because we, I thought he'd come in and be the conduit for Tibbs and, a, and be a leader. And, yes, I thought he'd be tough on players, but that's good in some instances. I thought he'd be a filter. For Tibbs, but Tibbs do we, is barking at guys, and I should thought we Jimmy look back would, at Tibbs now and question that because well, he's the only one who who would have had a chance to know. I think it would be a hundred percent hindsight mm-hmm. uh, criticism, just like for me. Now people are saying, well, "Why did they hire Tom T- uh, Thibodeau?" Well, that's a hundred percent hindsight criticism for Agreed. me too, because he was yeah. the best guy on the market. Remember the when he signed here and they and and they were able to hire him. You're like, "What? He mm-hmm. wants to come here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a coup." And I felt like the same thing with, with Butler's. Like, man. You put him with those two young guys, he's going to show them how to be a professional, how to play at a high level. He's going to show them how to play defense. This is going to be great. Then you just add some pieces around him. And the one thing you just can't count on is personalities meshing. And this was, these personalities just did not work. Have you kicked yourself, though? The one the one thing, because I, I'm like you, I was all on board. Have you kicked yourself at all, though? Because we saw when Childress controlled the 53-man roster and coached, and I think we talked about it at the time, and we're both like, this is not a good idea. In hindsight, I really wish I had thought to myself, this is too much power for one guy. And I ne- and I didn't consider that. And, and shame, guy, Especially a guy who has never really had right. that sort yeah. of position before. I, and shame on me, though, for not yeah. flagging in, that. In general, I don't like it because I think there needs to be a separation of power. You need to have coach and then uh, management. But if it took that to get Tom... Thibodeau, I think you're willing to say, you know what, it's probably not ideal, but he's if he's the best guy out there and this is what it has to happen to to get him here, I think that's the dice you have to roll. 
Uh, 651-646-8255. Is Butler worth it? 651-646-8255. TCL Broadcast Studios. Also, I have a uh, I have a hot take about the roughing the passer rule, which I was down on for two or three days, but I actually found some good in something. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. We're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. As you just heard, uh, Chip Scoggins in for hour one. Mackie will join at uh, four o'clock. Zolgad, Manny Hill, along with a chipper. Uh, so the roughing the passer call mm-hmm. on Clay Matthews on Sunday. I've gone back and watched it a bunch of times. Terrible, and I still can't find the. <laughs> I still can't find the actual foul. Well, he said he. The ref said he picked him up and drove him. I can't. Cousins fu- launched himself. He picked himself. He like came yeah. off his feet to throw the pass. Yep. I can't find the foul, mm-hmm. but uh, nonetheless, it obviously helped the Vikings out. But Chip Scoggins, I've been thinking about this, and I wrote something about this uh, for fifteen hundred ESPN dot com this afternoon. I think I found the potential positive here. Because right now, if you were to ask me what is roughing the passer, I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. Like, it varies from crew to crew. It now varies from game to game. Some crews seem to say if you put 76.3% of your your body weight on the quarterback, that's a flag. Some say it's 72.3%. Um, but the positive is this. Knowing full well, by the way, that this rule very well is going to cost the Vikings a game this season. Or that at least it could. If the if this rule saves me from having to watch Brett Hundley or Deshaun Kaiser or Trevor Simeon in a sick way, it's going to be worth it. Because as a football fan, as somebody, so if it costs the Vikings a game, it's going to be a great story, but I'm not going to be outraged as much. But as a football fan, there are so few really good quarterbacks that if you tell me, okay, the trade-off is we're going to have all of these calls, and I, I believe the stat that Seifer tweeted this week was 21 roughing the passer calls through two weeks, which is the equivalent of what we had through four weeks last year, yeah. then I can find the positive in keeping these guys on the field. Yeah, but the problem is, um, and I understand nobody wants to watch backup quarterbacks, but the problem is some of these hits don't even look like they're going to hurt the quarterback. Right? I mean, the... the uh, Matthews one, he put his hand down to brace the fall. To, so you could tell he was mindful of not landing on him with all his weight. And so I don't know that it's going to I don't know that it's going to lessen the number of hits on quarterbacks. Because guys aren't going to just pull up and not hit the quarterback. Because they don't know what to do. Because I mean, I think they're just I think in their minds, they're probably thinking maybe the officials, because of the outrage, will lessen We'll stop calling as many of these because that's what normally happens. We, the same thing with, with lowering the helmet. Right. How many of those are there even been first two weeks? Have you two had, ejections in two weeks, I believe. Correct? Yeah, I haven't mm-hmm. seen. I mean, whereas in that you know during the preseason you thought it was going to be every other flag, and so yep. Um, but this rough in the passer one, I don't you know I don't know because there's st- I mean it's such it's such such a reactive game, instinctive game that they're coming through there and they're trying to hit the quarterback, and it happens within a split second. So I, I don't think they're going to pull up and say, well, I can't hit him because. I might get fined, which the flag is bad, and and players, you know, they don't want to put their team in that s- situation. But no matter how much money they make, losing money out of their pocket for hits drives them crazy. And you know as much as I've been, yeah. how these guys get really annoyed when they have to write a check to the NFL, especially over some of these. Um, 
So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I would be surprised if it um, if the number of uh, hits on quarterback decreases. I just think hopefully the officials start to come to their senses and and stop throwing some of these. <laughs> the NFL said they're going to use for that. I know the Matthews it, it, hit as textbook of what you of, of a good call. It's ridiculous because that was a horrible call, and 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 the the one on Hendricks was horrible. That was a bad call. Yeah. I'm just telling you that if my if you came to me today and said, "All right, we can continue down this path," which, by the way, I don't like, but by continuing down this path, if you don't you don't there. have to watch Deshaun Kaiser ever again. I'm gonna. I think I'm, I think as a football fan, I'll take door two. But think, isn't that where you have to look at the Packers and say, "What what the hell? What the hell is Deshaun Kaiser doing as your backup anyway?" Like because if it's if it's at least a decent backup, I can live with that. If it's if it's not Deshaun Kaiser or Brett Hundley, I can live with that. I can I can live with Trevor Simeon starting a game or two for the Vikings if Kirk Cousins gets hurt. I don't want him to start the whole season. Mm-hmm. I don't want Kirk Cousins to have a season ending injury. But I can I can deal with Trevor Simeon starting for a couple of games if he has to. I don't want to see Deshaun Kaiser under any circumstance. That's the hard part about all this, because he's terrible. Yeah, and and you know, I don't think you'll see kind of as many of the violent trying to really crunch the quarterback, but that's not what we're seeing being flagged. Yeah, those are just normal hits right. on the quarterback. And and to be clear, the Matthews on Cousins had nothing to do with body weight. Nothing. It had to do with what you said, which was he picked him in the, in Tony Carrente's opinion. Yeah. He picked him up and drove him into the ground, which he did not really. Which do. has not happened at all. I mean, yeah. if you watch, it, you can watch that a hundred times and not see him pick him up. Kirk Cousins comes off his feet to throw the pass to get it off. And I just think this league has come to the conclusion, and probably rightfully so, that that one of the most important commodities are are Brady and Rodgers, and go down yeah. that list of of great quarterbacks. And to have to go to Fox or ESPN and say, you know that uh, that national game you're showing at three o'clock on Sunday, we'll have fun with Deshaun Kaiser starting yeah. at Fox. Like, wh- what the bleep are you doing? Well, everybody knows the whole intent of this is your ratings are going to suffer if Aaron Rodgers not on, if Brady's not on there, if your top quarterbacks aren't playing. Um, the games aren't as interesting. All that. I mean, it's clear that they're trying to protect the quarterbacks because it's it's you know that's where their money's made, and so, but. This is not. This is not right. How do you? <laughs> you caught you cost the Packers a game. That game is over. And but it could happen to the Vikings too. Oh, it's going to happen Zim's, anything. Yeah. And Zim's head will pop off. Yeah, because I mean that that cost him the game. And whether and, they anybody wants to agree with it or not, that play and the Kendricks one was important too. But that game was over if if that if they don't call that play. And I just don't understand how at the end of the day, like we can fully prevent injuries in a game where guys wear helmets and shoulder pads Correct. and they hit each other hard. I, I mean, I, I've i said this several times. I think that the, trying to adjust the rules for the, for the safety of players from head injuries, I totally understand that and I get it. And that even that has been very complicated for the last few years. But that I really get. I just don't know how... Guys are going to get hurt playing this game, and yeah. there's no we we can't just have an immediate reaction every time a big star gets hurt and just say okay now we got to make a rule or we have to put more emphasis on a rule because we don't want this guy to get hurt as much as we don't want I don't want to see Drew Brees yeah. get hurt well, I like watching Drew Brees play but 
if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. There's yeah. no way. That, sometimes there's just no way to prevent that from happening. And I would love to give sit in a room with those guys, the the officials and director of officiating, and give them true serum, which so they can't lie, which they always do. And just and watch that Kendrick's play and the Matthews and say, really, what could they have done differently there? Like, what what would have made that legal? And they know it's legal. Why, they know they do. Why do you think all of those veteran referees walked away after last year and took jobs in TV booths? They have no interest in doing this anymore. Yeah, would you saw yeah. the their the, jobs impossible now. But to Manny's point, I don't think this league. They don't want to get sued for concussions, but I don't think they give a damn if almost any player gets hurt. There's just one position that they don't want guys hurt at. The quarterback. If a tight end gets hurt, Adrian Peterson gets hurt, that's ah, too bad, but we're not going to do more. But I think what they're clearly saying is we have one position at which there's very few people who are good, and we are going to do everything possible, including basically bend our rules to protect those guys. It, it, yeah, I understand that, but it, it makes it... And you say you know it doesn't affect you, but it it, does, it is annoying when you see a game decided by textbook tackles, and that's what that was. Yeah. honestly, let's be real. Yes. Both, well, of, both of those screwed. are textbook tackles. That's how you would teach it. The Packers got completely screwed, and, and Kendra's too. That's how you would teach a tackle, and right. they got penalized for it. So here's my idea: if I'm coaching right now, here's what I coach my guys, especially my big linemen, to do: grab the quarterback, bear hug him, pin his arm <laughs> to his side, and don't throw him down. Just hug him. Just hug him. Because they'll blow a whistle. Yeah. They'll yeah, blow a whistle quick. Yeah. But I'm serious. Just hug him. So if if it's uh if I if I am approaching him and I have a free shot, because that's where they're gonna call it. It's hard though. I that's hug gonna him. be hard. The, the, I know. The, 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 the problem is this, those defensive linemen are gonna be going 150 miles an hour, man. Well that's the thing. Well just keep walking them back then. Just the keep thing. going like, with them. The, the yeah. game is not played in slow motion. It's played like a second. Okay, it's <laughs> over. Like one second and it's it's done. And it's like, how are they supposed to do all the things they want them to do, like in that split second. Because they're going not, 150 miles an hour trying to get around or through a 315 pound yes. guard or tackle. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd. Mackie joins at uh, 4 o'clock until then. It's Zolgad. It's Chip Scoggins, Manny Hill, 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. Quick look at your traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. This uh, traffic update is brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. 394 eastbound. We have a crash. Uh... Slowing things down by about 10 minutes, adding 10 minutes to your commute. That's between Lake Street and Penn Avenue in Minneapolis. Also, 94 eastbound, we have a crash. Uh, adding 8 minutes to your commute uh, between uh, 55, uh, Minnesota 55 and 5th Street in Minneapolis. And, uh, yeah, so drive safely out there. Yeah, take it easy on the road out there, Manny. Yes, absolutely. Join Butter uh, Better Business Bureau at the Torch Awards for Ethics. BBB's Torch Award embodies Better Business Bureau's mission of advancing trust in the marketplace. 14 businesses will be honored at U.S. Bank Stadium October 24th. Purchase tickets at bbb.org slash Minnesota. I got a little tongue-tied there. Oh, don't worry about it. Happens to us all. Uh, TCL Broadcast Studios is the location. Mackie will join at 4 o'clock. Right now, the studio is filled, though. It's Zolgat, Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune, Manny Hill, who you just heard, and Jamie Watson, analyst for United FC, shows up. What's up, buddy? How are you? What's going on, guys? How are you today? 
Um, we're excited because Jimmy Butler has demanded a trade. Uh, so I've heard. Uh, Daniel Carlson was cut two days ago. This has been a Zolgadian free for all this week. You are I, in heaven. I've right never now. been happier. I've never. I I love chaos. Sports. Yeah. I can't. Sports chaos is the best because ultimately it's just sports. It doesn't really matter, right? But until you have a, a three-hour show to break down every possible nuance, then it does matter, and you've done a great job with it. I've been yeah, glued sure to that. my dial. Listening Have to you? you. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I think sports chaos is great, though, yeah. because because at the end of the day, it's still just sports. Nobody dies. Hopefully, nothing bad really happens. So this is all just fun, and we can find out, and we can talk about Carl Anthony Townsend's girlfriend and why they broke up, and if Butler was involved, and the Wiggins is going back and forth with Butler, and why Jimmy hates everybody, but and Tibbs. why Stephen Jackson is suddenly involved. Yeah, and yeah. Stephen Jackson just pops up, and Tibbs might quit now, and we don't know, and it's just glorious. Hey, I actually I got a chance to meet. Steven Jackson a couple of years ago could not have been a nicer guy. Okay. And this was before they started doing, um, before the big three was a thing. They actually tried to come up with a thing called uh, the Champions League for basketball. And it was the same concept, except they were trying to have all retired uh, basketball superstars be a part of this, except they were making them play full court, condensed quarter, oh. qu- condensed quarters. But you had these guys playing full court, and by the end of it, I mean, it was <laughs> brick after in. brick. Guys just couldn't get up and down the court. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty crazy to see some of these guys that were in there. Um, Al Harrington was there. Um, uh, Steven Jackson was there. I'm trying to think of a couple other names off offhand, but Steven Jackson couldn't have been nicer, and he's had this great run, rise up ESPN ranks now. Mm-hmm. But then Wiggins came at him pretty yeah. hard yesterday. Well, then he it, came yeah. at, Then it went back to the Stephen Jackson who ran into the stands in the yes. Malice at the Palace. Malice, yeah. Malice in the Palace. Yeah. I was scared to ask him about that one. 2003? Yeah. <laughs> 2004, 2004, November 2004. I was gonna say, yeah. if you're Wigan, you better tread lightly. Though. Oh yeah, you <laughs> don't want, you don't want none of that. <laughs> no, I tweeted is, it out last he is, night. He is not all talk. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I tweeted it out last night. I, I said if if uh, inside the NBA were on. Charles Barkley would be looking at that and saying, yeah, Andrew, you don't want nothing with Stephen Jackson. He's on the list. <laughs> yes. He's exactly. on the list. Yes, that's right. So yeah. you, sir, are here and and showing up with Ices for a very good cause. Yeah, so normally I'm, I'm here Tuesday night 6 to 7 with Manny Hill, and we're, we're having a laugh with Adrian Heath, head coach of Minnesota United, uh, which we've had a great time doing that all summer. Um, but today I, I crashed the party, but I, I didn't come into handed. I brought you guys some ices. I've got cherry. I've got blue raspberry. I've got these delicious oh, drinks yeah. in my hand because tomorrow is a big, big day for the entire state of Minnesota. And I'll tell you why, Judd. Mm-hmm. You're giving me this look. Like, why is it a big day? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because Inquisitive, I call it. <laughs> <laughs> because tomorrow is cold for gold. This is the third year in a row that we have done this where Super America has really stepped up to the plate. You go to any Super America, you buy an Icy. Who doesn't love an Icy? Icy's are delicious. They are. Mm-hmm. Let's not worry about the consequences of too much sugar. <laughs> you just drink one and you enjoy it and you give it to your kids. And all of that money... <laughs> goes directly to Special Olympics Minnesota for one day only. And it has been a huge success. The last two years, we have gotten $15,000 each year. So to date, $30,000. It's been incredible. And they've even stepped it up one step further. And so I'm not only going to need you to enjoy these ICs today and tomorrow, fellas. I'm going to need you guys to take a picture and post it on social media and use hashtag cold for gold. Because if you do, Super America will donate a dollar to Special Olympics. 
Very awesome. nice. So it's awesome. Yeah. It is. It is awesome. And it this is, is essay great. only. Is that yeah, correct? Super so only. I can't go somewhere else and get an IC and get the same result for Special Olympics. This is Super America. They're okay. the ones that stepped up All to right. play it. Actually, two years ago when we first did it, they went so far into the trenches with IC that we came up with our own IC flavor. It was. Kicking blue strawberry, <laughs> and there I was on the IC machine kicking remember, the soccer ball. Yeah. I remember seeing you. I was very awesome. weirded out by that. It was very. It was one of the coolest. And when I'm doing the photo shoot, I'm sitting there thinking, "What's the face I want to be on an IC machine look like?" Because when everybody looks at it, they're gonna be like, "Who is this guy <laughs> with this weird soccer face?" And uh, and I was on there with a weird soccer face doing a kick. So that flavor is no longer in, but. We've got cherry, we've got uh, blue raspberries, pineapple, mango, all the good flavors, but whatever. Go okay. take your kids. It's for a good cause. Teach them about what you're doing it for, who it goes to help, and that kind of coincides with the falling game starting, fall game starting at uh, Healthy Center in Woodbury Yeah, yeah. on Saturday. So hopefully, Chip, you'll be there. I'll be in <clears throat> seeing that. So I'll be there. Nice. I'm a big fan of Special Olympics. I've got a brother with cerebral palsy, okay. so I grew up going to Special Olympics with him. Is the one at Woodbury, is that... <clears throat> Metro wide or, or is that just East Side? Uh, oh yeah, that's Metro. So that is. Okay, so I, I was I'm seeing it. I've got all the team names. Uh, so I'm learning about all these small town cities in Minnesota that are bringing their teams together. And I am sitting there going, I'm sorry, guys. This is your big moment. I'm going to butcher your team's name. How many athletes? Oh, uh, hundreds, hundreds, if not yeah. thousands. I mean, it's it is literally a a huge deal for Special Olympics Minnesota. And when you buy the IC tomorrow at Special Olympics or at uh, Super America. It benefits Special Olympics games like these, the mm-hmm. fall games. They have the awesome. summer games, the spring games. So this okay. is this is a big deal and a really good chance to help out. What time can people start to show up and buy ICs so that they get the uh, benefit to the Special Olympics? Nine o'clock, eight o'clock. Can I can I stop in at six a.m. all day? Okay, all day you can. So once we hit midnight tonight, it is. For I can all, go get is, ICs every hour. I mean, you can I go get your kids ICs <laughs> and they can be bouncing off walls and doing all that stuff. Hey, this guy's right, got an afternoon right. show and now he's like talking about staying up past midnight. Hey, Oh, I was up late last night. You know the you know late. the one Ooh. by you know this uh, essay by Healthies. My kids ride their bikes there and they yep. they make the icy runs by themselves. They get on their bikes and go over there and do it. Well, you know what? It is an awesome thing, and and a lot of people sometimes just wonder like, I want to help out. I want to do something, but a lot of people don't have the time or the ability to, or sometimes just don't know how to. This is how you can just go mm-hmm. buy an icy. Yep. Just post a picture up. You can be silly. You could be whatever. You could just post a picture there. Hashtag gold for gold, and this is a way that you can help out. You can instill that into your kids early on. I've got a one and a half year old and three year old. Actually, we saw a Chip <laughs> at Punch in Woodbury a couple weeks ago. Well behaved, let me tell you. He got the one was him. doing laps around. The- <laughs> he absolutely was oh, doing laps sat- around it. Dawn and I went out to eat in St. Louis Park last night and had a birthday party behind us. And let's just say that these little munchkins got into the ice cream. And oh boy, um, he does. I said, if you want to move, honey, we can. But she's like, no, no, that's okay. We got an apology from a parent. Well, I will say his kids are super cute. They are awesome. They got it all from their mom. So we're going to teach them from an early age. <laughs> that's so cliche. Just why don't you say I'm a good looking guy and it comes from me? It's so cliche to give mom credit. All the good this qualities. This is a new era. Get it from me. What am I going to say? Yeah, what are you going to do? Gonna do? <laughs> I mean, hey, it's uh, it, it's cool. This is something we we both as parents were like, look, we want to instill this in our kids to know that this is what they're doing at a young age can have an impact, even if they're, you know, if it's just buying an icy. Awesome. Like, you never know who this can impact, and it and it directly has impacted me and my family. So for people who have done things like this before, thank you. And I'm sure for the families that don't get to be in this seat talking to your awesome listeners saying thank you, I'm sure all of them would say thank you. Awesome. 
Jamie, okay. thank you. Of course. Chip, thank you. Thank you, boys. We yeah. will be back. Uh, it will be uh, Mackie and Judd when we return from the TCL Broadcast Studios Football Hour at 5 o'clock with Collar. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Yeah. On 1500 ESPN.